I can download all podcasts I want, but I can't download food. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're good to go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition of Sex and Other Human Activities. I am Sarah Benincasa, and with me as always, my favorite radio or TV phrase, with me as always, <laughs> is Marcus Parks. Hi, Marcus. Hey, Sarah. How you doing, darling? Oh, I'm doing all right. How are you? God, I'm so lonely. <laughs> oh, no. Marcus. Oh, every girl that I've been fucking hitting on for like the last week and a half, she's got a boyfriend or she's married, and they're all so pretty. They're all over the place. <laughs> on every street corner, it's like I see him out, like fucking street away out of the corner of my eye, and just there's none. <laughs> They're everywhere, but there's none. You look like a melting mythological witch. <laughs> <laughs> You're making a very constrained, poopy diaper face. Uh, well, tense. Well, obviously, and now this is the time of year in New York City uh, that was beautifully memorialized by Dave Chappelle in a, the first season of his show where he talks about New York boobs and how there is one day out of the year when all the boobs come out. And we're past that day now yeah. here in New York City. Um, we're recording in April of 2011, BTW. And um, so, but it'll, I'm sure it'll be evergreen because sex is forever. Yeah. Sponsors. Uh, Sarah. <laughs> At sarahbenincasa.com. So, yeah, the the boobs are out for sure. Um, and girls are, you know, doing it up, doing their hair up. So you see, like, the nape of their neck. And there's some more the, the decolletage and yes. booty shorts, of course, and the, the platform the platform wedges and the legs and everything. So there's like a lot of beautiful lady specimens of every shape, size and color you can imagine with every accent, every – I mean every kind of hot girl in the whole world is in New York City. Yes. Great place to be if you like hot girls. Oh, However, yeah. seems to be frustrating you a bit. It's – see that – it's – I – He's clenching his <laughs> fists and looking like he's going to freak out. Yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things where it, it's so hard to approach girls in the city, mm -hmm. especially cute girls because they get approached all the time. And I'm – my all of my time is spent in the comedy scene and I have a staunch role like no girls from the comedy scene. Mm. You know, like none whatsoever. It's pretty much, you know, fucking in the workplace for mm -hmm. me. It's uh, shitting in the mouth of God. Yeah. <laughs> What I call the it. God of comedy. It's like shitting <laughs> exactly. in Don Wrinkles', Wrinkles mouth. Don Wrinkles' mouth. <laughs> oh, Don Wrinkles, you should come on the show. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to have him on here. So uh, how have you figured out – and by the way, everybody, uh, if you want to uh, comment about anything we're talking about, feel free to tweet at us, twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. That's M-A-R-C-U-S Parks. Uh, uh, twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa. You can also check out sarahbenincasa.com and you can email the show at Sarah, S-A-R-A at sarahbenincasa.com. We're also at facebook.com slash sex and other human activities and I'm at facebook.com slash official sarahbenincasa. If you didn't get all that, uh, God bless you because that was a whole lot of self-promotion. <laughs> Just pretend it never happened. Anyway, uh, so w what? I want to know this. Why is it that they they all seem to be attached or, or married or like do you have any idea about why that is? Where are you meeting these young ladies? Uh, I'm meeting these girls just kind of out and about at parties. Uh, one of the girls that was doing a sound gig and she was helping me out with the sound. You know, it was a lot of fun. She was a beautiful girl. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, ended up being engaged at the very end of it. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Awkward. But she was very nice. She was actually super nice about it. I was just like, hey, uh, you by any chance single? Uh, and she was like, actually, I'm, you know, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting married. I'm engaged. And I was like. Congratulations! I'm going to advance a theory, if I may. I think, and you may disagree with me, I think that you customarily have a relatively, and you'll probably disagree with me, a relatively easy time finding girls to fucking make out with. Wow. And dare I say that this may be like a sort of, not that you haven't done anything wrong, but what I'm saying is that maybe in order for you to relate to normal people. Yes. That's or the biggest problem. maybe just for you to one day be like a good dad who can give your son advice or something for whatever reason, maybe this time of of drought is uh, to teach you a, a sort of – to give you the full human experience because for most of us, it's – and even fem uh, for females, of course, it's a lot it, – it's different. But most of us go through feast and famine, right? Of course. So maybe you've gone through several years of feast and now it's a brief famine which is lasting like a month <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's going to give you a whole new perspective on life. 
Well, the biggest the biggest thing is that I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to this. People who have been in very long relationships, or people who are even divorced, uh, you forget how to be single. You yeah. forget how to hit on girls. You forget how to just talk to strangers. You know, just going up because you're so in this comfortable relationship for so long. Uh, and then me, you know, I went from a relationship to dating a girl that I already knew that mm-hmm. I had known for a long time already, and now I don't want to go. Like I don't want to date anyone that I've known or is already in my life. I want a girl that's completely and totally new that I can start from scratch uh, except, of course – like what I've been saying about this show is that if a girl listens to this show and listens to all the shit that I've said on here, we can skip like six months of getting to know you time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We just totally skip that. Like that's that's just done. Uh, But it's – you know, it's hard to get back in there. You know, even though it's, you know, I've been, you know, single for a while now, it's still hard to get back in there and it's very intimidating. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think that maybe the one thing we could do, and we can talk about this, but it would, it might be interesting if one day we were able to like have a young lady in and just chat and see if you were compatible with her. <laughs> <laughs> or we could just, we could go on, we could do it online. Like, I don't know. You know what? I'm just saying, if you want to send me your photo and like a little rundown about who you are to Sarah at SarahBenincasa.com, I am not saying anything will come of it, but I'm saying that it would be an interesting thing for us to look at and not – we would never be mean in evaluating any of our listeners on air. It wouldn't be like, oh, she's fat. Oh, she's nah. too skinny. Oh, she's got a fucked up face. Oh, she's hot. Whatever. Well, we might say she's hot. Yeah. But it might be like interesting to see what girls are out there and, 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 and you know, mm. if they're interested in you and, you know, the such. Because we do get emails from girls who are like, Marcus is sexy. And I send them to Marcus and he yeah. loves them. So I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, if you good. want to win a date with Marcus, I'm just starting an, an on-air thing. Win yeah. a date with Marcus. I don't know if you'll actually win a date with Marcus, but like if you're hot enough and live reasonably close, it's entirely possible that I can, you know, induce him without much effort to hang out with you. So uh, just email, you know, email your picture and stuff to Sarah at SarahBenningCasa.com. Maybe we've got friends in common and, and you're a listener and you're like, hey, Sarah, we're friends or I'm a friend of a friend. And I'll go, yeah, didn't even know you were a single girlfriend. It could happen. <laughs> this is – and now we've officially reached the weirdest part of my radio career. Yay! <laughs> it's so fun. Well, um, I am – I'm really excited actually to, to bring in our guest for the week. Uh, he is a man that I have sex with and his name is Benari. Hi, Benari. Hi, everyone. Hey, how, Benari. How are you doing? I'm, I'm outstanding. Obviously. Benari is also a comedian and he's a soldier and he is at twitter.com slash Benari Lee. That's B-E-N-A-R-I-L-E-E, which is a weird – like it's Benari, which is, sounds very Jewish and it is. And then Lee, which is like Joe Bob Lee. Like I don't understand what's happening. How did you get the middle name Lee? Uh, came from the general Lee. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because your family or something. I was, I was conceived in a car in which you could only get in and out of it by sliding through the windows. <laughs> oh, good. You're just a good old boy. So, Benari is, a, uh, is, is in the army, and he is going on an all expenses paid trip to Afghanistan. True. They have a thriving <laughs> open mic scene there, and I'm really looking forward to meeting the ladies down there. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I will kill you and all of the those burka-clad hotties. That's how this whole war started in the first place. <laughs> exactly. So, Bernard, you're an interesting mix because you are – you're a soldier. You're a comedian. Um, you were a, a kid actor. You have your MFA in screenwriting from NYU. You're many things and you're also my primary sex provider besides myself. Right. Right. Which okay. is kind of, and we well, yourself, just, would, you would be the secondary. Oh, I'm secondary. You're, oh, you, yeah, I'm the secondary. If I were the primary, you're the primary sex provider. I'm the secondary sex provider. So, um, so we're it's so it's an interesting time. We just spent a week basically with our families, um, doing um, doing Jewish Easter, which is Passover, what heathen Easter, right. and then <laughs> technically came first. Easter may technically, may not have, but the but. It's but fine. we did it. But, we're in, but yeah. we're in America now, so we only remember the sequel. <laughs> G- I like to think of Jesus. I like the reboot way better. Jesus is the control alt delete of humanity. Jesus is the reboot. Basically, yeah. It really, it truly of is. Judaism. 
It was like, well, you know what? There are some good elements, but we need to sex it up a little bit. Judaism is the Eric Let's Bana. put a whore in there. <laughs> the Let's Eric get some whores. <laughs> Not enough lepers and whores in this one. Judaism is the Eric Bana Hulk, right. and I like to think of Christianity as the Edward Norton Hulk. Correct. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, in the, the original, in, yes, <laughs> absolutely. But, both, but neither one That's all right. Neither that great. one that great. It's kind of like Mary was a dude in the original, but in the reboot, she became a lady. Yeah, she became uh. a hot chick, exactly. So we hung out with our parent, each other's parents. I swiftly gained five pounds, which I was having a mild breakdown about because the Jews eat a lot and the Christians, all the Catholics do too, and the pasta and the kugel and the everything, which was all amazing. So we, uh, we hung out and um, it was interesting because I was like – wearing a, just an adorable nightie as I do. I enjoy a vintage sexy nightie. And I wasn't wearing – it wasn't like a fucking teddy. But I was wearing yeah. this, you know, cute nightgown where there was like a lot of titty going on and it was relatively, you know, close to the bod and you could see the shape and it was adorbs. And so we're sleeping and his tiny nephews run in. We weren't doing anything. But like I was dressed in sex, full-on sexy lady oh, gear. Yeah. And they run in. They're like, wake up! And I'm like – I'm like I wake up and I go, oh my god, and I'm immediately grabbing my boobs to see if like a tit is out or something, <laughs> and so that just times that by five days, and that was what we did this well, week. I've w- had the same thing happen to me back home with my nieces, and I see, see that's the thing. I sleep naked. Oh yeah, I usually do too. This this was yeah. my attempt to cover up, sort of. <laughs> like She's I can't being demure. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, yeah. And I've got a, a like a twelve year or a twelve year old uh, nephew and a four year old niece. I see them like twice a year, so it's. Seven, eight in the morning. They're very excited to wake up, Uncle Marcus, and play. And fucking naked with morning wood does not work well with that. (laughs) No, because that's where you go from fun uncle to creepy uncle. (laughs) It goes from fun uncle to uncle with hands over crotch. Like, get the fuck out of here. That's right. It's like, like, Uncle Marcus wants to play a game with you, and Uncle Marcus wants to play a game with you. (laughs) Very fine line. That's the dividing line. Very fine line. (laughs) Exactly. I will say with uh, with my young nephews, uh, I have been uh, filling them up with all the things that I love. So they are huge fans of Batman and Spider-Man hey. and, and superheroes and Star Wars. They fucking love Star huge. Wars. We watched it twice. Uh, watched so, Empire. you know, it's oh, only natural, too, that I, I now also bring in the, the love of tits. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very important for them to get – because I'm going to go away for a bit. Yeah. I got to go back off to war and, you know, since I'm not you here – You don't want them to queer out when I you're not. Exactly. I got to be like, now, okay, I know. We've, we've, we've mastered the art of superheroing. Yes. You know how to wield a lightsaber. Boys, you're now ready for boobs. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess that's – I was just a pawn in that game. But overall, we had a really – we had a great week and his, I'm wearing this really pretty ring that his mom got me, which is really gorgeous. Oh, and beautiful. our parents met each other and we all drank as a unit and told stories and so so that was really fun. Um, and, and now I'm excited to get into – to be back here and to get into some reader ma- – or excuse me, listener. I always say reader. Listener mail, which you can send to Sarah at sarahbenegaza.com. This comes from Mike. Mike writes, hello, full disclosure, I'm another Brit who has become a fan of your podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God, such – we love our British fans because you're the best. I think you're keen. I think you're keen. All right, British people, <laughs> let's have a talk. I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who. Mike, I'll get to the rest of your thing. Um, but I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who. We watched The Girl in the Fireplace episode from season two of the, like, new stuff uh, with David Tennant and Madame du Pompadour. And we watched it and it was really good. I didn't understand what – like, I was watching it and I'm like, why does everybody say this is so great? Marcus told me to watch it. All these people on Twitter were like, watch it. All these, like, British fans of the podcast were like, watch it. And I was like, okay. And I'm watching it, watching it, watching it. And I'm like, why is this so great? I don't get it. And then at the end I started to cry. I don't know why. It It's a slow build. And it just smacks you. Yeah. And I just really was moved by it. And also, oh my God, I will say thus far that if I'm going to fuck a doctor, like it might be Christopher Eccleston or Eccleston or whatever Eccleston, the fuck the, you say the first, his name, the first doctor, who the apparently one. hated being Doctor Who and hated everyone on set, and just like thinks he like was just like I didn't like the culture on set. And I'm like I don't understand. Whatever. He was the angriest. Of the he was afraid was of Billy Piper's angry. mouth of horse teeth. He couldn't handle that. <laughs> and look, hey, come on. Hey, I mean, look, freak, she's very pretty. I do. I, I think <laughs> she, no, she's, she gets way prettier as it goes on, just because you get used to her. And 
And I, as someone who this week got a number of a lot of hate mail, I blog for a site called Wonket, um, and, and there was some controversy regarding the site. Uh, this past week and so I got a lot of hate mail even though I hadn't written the thing that people hated I got a lot of hate mail including like comments on YouTube that were like you have a fucking monstrosity that you call a nose and like your tits are too like oh god too like softballs in two tube socks and I was like no they're actually amazing um, and it's you know like you're so fucking ugly you bitch like blah, blah. I understand you know so it obviously but Billy Piper's way richer way hotter and way famous than I so I think it's fine if I say kind of weird teeth but British I understand you guys it's different over there I understand um, it's just your culture and I accept I was just not really feeling B pipes whereas the the girl who's with Matt Smith I'm feeling so hard the the ginger yeah I feel her so angry Amy, right? She's so she's hot as shit. Doll. She's yeah. hot as yeah. shit. So it took me. I have to say, she's a doll. It she's took a me a minute to her. get in. You can say she's hot. she's hot. She's hot. It took me a minute to get into like B pipes, and I've yeah. sort of gotten into it anyway. So the episode that uh, that flipped my shit was episode six or seven of season one. Um, where they have like the Dalek that's being tortured and it's like, I welcome death. And I was like, ah, ah, like I was bored. I was like, episode one, shut up. Episode two, fuck you. Mickey, die. Episode three, so bored, so bored. Four, I'm like, oh, why do people like this? I get to six or it's six or seven, and it's like I welcome death, and I'm like, hey, guys, this is so good. This is the Dalek welcomes death, and I also love that that episode is what like British series always do with American characters, which is that we're either kind of like Captain Jack Harkness, like cowboys who show up, and we've we've got like attitudes, but we save the day. Oh, you mean badasses? Right. We're either that, like Americans are either that or. We're total assholes, which is how the Americans are portrayed in that episode. We're like, (laughs) like we're torture happy, which we are torture happy, money grubbing, good looking assholes, which Uh, we are, which all of us in this room are. By the way, this is all true. Yeah, this is all true. So they nailed it. Absolutely. (laughs) BBC. You nailed it. Nailed it. But I'm kind of like, right now I'm thinking I'm really... And listen, if you're listening to this and you're like, where's the sex? Fuck yourself. We talk about Doctor Who, you need to handle This that. is the other human activities <laughs> This is the other it. human activities. Okay. Go fuck yourself. I'm going to start watching Battlestar this summer. We're going to talk about that too. Just calm down, okay? Assholes, deal with it. Go listen to something else if you don't want to listen to this. Fuck you. Okay. So, um... <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Again, with the not being pr- to, able to pronounce the T's and H's, there's a lot of like, it's the Billy like, Piper teeth. Thank you, Doctor. You're so wonderful. And then I was like, thanks, Doctor. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't understand. It's a small island. Why so many accents? It's yeah, upsetting to it's me. It's a weird thing. It's a weird island that you people have. All right. Well, let me get back to this. But we love I've you. Been ranting. Yeah, we love you a lot. Okay. Now, uh, Mike writes, I'm another Brit who's become a fan of your podcast. I'm not a teenager, though I think the appeal of your show to many Brits is its honesty and frankness about sex, something which, hiding as we do behind jokes and innuendo, we can't seem to discuss openly here. Interesting. That's very interesting. I read that email one night, uh, got home, and I read it. I was like, oh, okay, that's it. Maybe I should get a passport sometime soon. You should, dude. I should. I and totally just go should. And be like, hey, everybody. <laughs> anyway, what made me write was the comments you made in your show about British people finding it easy to score in the United States. Perhaps I just lived in the wrong state, Oklahoma, but I stayed <laughs> there for a year and it took <laughs> me seven months to get someone into bed. In Oklahoma, mm. I don't know if they're sure that we've that the revolution is over yet you know like i don't know i mean god bless carrie underwood and garth brooks and whoever else comes from oklahoma um but they might have been confused and they might not have understood they might have thought you were german i don't know Um, they're still distrustful of texans yeah they're like that that panhandle still pisses them off to oklahoma the texans are those white dudes who lost to the mexicans yeah they (laughs) don't like oklahoma views they're very resentful um i was wondering if this was some sort of record that it took him seven months maybe some of your other british listeners could write in about their success or otherwise across the pond i would hate to feel that i've let this side down okay so british people your job is to email us to tell us if in fact you have found it easy to score with americans because of your accent and we will expand this to to also, uh, I will expand this to the Irish as well. Yeah. Because that's a whole other, you know, like that that absolutely, the Irish accent, ooh, we love it. So Irish people and Brits, uh, you email us, sarah at sarahbenincasa.com, and you let us know if you feel like your accent has ever helped you fuck an American. Because Americans are very slutty. 
Or I would say conversely, if an American has ever fucked a British girl because of his American accent. Interesting. Yeah. Sometimes they're very fascinated by the very the very nice posh Southern accents, like sort mm. of the Charleston, South Carolina, very nice accent. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I think that because it's very similar, I think they get into that. What I hear is they say that our accents are very nasal. Yeah, we do get very nasal. We sometimes. get very nasal sometimes. Like you're so nasal. It also depends. They uh, we had. Um, my friends and I, a few years back, oh, uh, hello. we had what we affectionately dubbed the Summer of the Irish Chicks. Ooh, uh, all right. We had it's a good summer. Yeah, it, well, full they of were, skin cancer and booze. They, <laughs> yes, uh, they and they were a, they were the variety. One of the Irish chicks was like very snooty and stuck up. She was the rich bitch of the of the yeah. group. And then there were the three other sort of. Sleeping on the mattress that was half of which basically just pillows taken out of a couch. Now that's they, my type of. Chick. They lived in this ramshackle uh, apartment in Somerville. Or some, oh, yeah, my boss! It was in it. Somerville, and uh, we we uh, it was uh, my buddy uh, Gerger and Danny, uh, three nice young Jewish boys from Boston, and uh, we went to a party. And next door were these Irish girls who came who like crashed the party. And then we continued the party, went over, and we're hanging out like in the backyard, and they had this like couch. That, <laughs> in the backyard? Oh my god, it was, and I don't know yeah. how disgusting this couch had to have been. Pretty bad. But I it bet. was so bad because they found this couch. It oh, wasn't in the god. backyard. They, and so they were they were basically Irish scavengers who came to Somerville. They were tinkers. They, they collected <laughs> things. They had they had thro- broken furniture in their quote unquote kitchen area, which was like a like a, a half constructed table and and just whatever folding chairs were around. It was hilarious. Were they like deedly deedly do like oh how are you then? It's so great to meet you, Irish. Or were they like my my dad died in the troubles? Irish. Uh, some of them were. Some they my were, father died for the consumption. Yeah. They were like oh oh I live next door to the edge and he's a minger. Yeah. Like that was, he's a what real does that minger. mean? Does that mean he eats pussy? No, he's an asshole. Like oh. minger is basically a, just a variety. That I learned minger. Minger. So, well, don't so foreign people. Uh, I, hey. I now know that, and they don't like Guinness. They uh, they think it's uh, it's shite. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. These it's girls shite. sound weird. Yeah, and they were weird. Uh, <laughs> Which one did you have sex with? Uh, the... These girls sound like the type of girls I could fall in love with. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the. Uh, so yes, so I'm sorry the, you mis- skipped my question. Did yeah. you have sex with the? I, tr- I tried, Benari. I really tried to deflect <laughs> the that feisty one. one. No, well there was the, the, nice the, the really the cute, the adorable, the one? button one who I wanted mm-hmm. to have sex with uh, uh, ended up having the sex with the Danny. Then there was um, the. Uh, very. She was very lovely, but she we called her eggs because there was one Ew. morning she woke up because she just kept she was he was making eggs for her and he just kept making eggs and she just kept eating them. <laughs> so it just became this hysterical, just ongoing like eggs. Egg, we're just constantly like a Lucille Ball sketch of just <laughs> the eggs are coming and she can't he can't make them fast enough for her. Eggs is not the sexiest name. No, for so I'm she, sure she did not. She was, appreciate and then there was that. the snooty one, Allie. Did you who, bang the snooty one? Bang this the snooty one. But you got, had relations with her. There, there were on the last night that they were there. There was something, but it took a very long. <laughs> it was a very long, arduous journey to get to <laughs> the very not worth <laughs> the relations that occurred. Uh, but she was very fascinated by. Uh, she was very fascinated by the American culture of. Uh, warmongering, in her mm. words, and mm-hmm. well, you're very, in the army, so you. And I was in the army. Your job is to monger was, war. Correct, and uh, she was she was fascinated by this. But what was interesting was she was very anti taxes. She was like fuck her and <laughs> snooty. Of course, it's and I was like, snooty well, European. Yeah. And they're like, oh, fuck you. Because yeah. I'm sure what she said, she's like, oh, George Bush came from Texas. And that was her only argument because that's the only argument no, her ar- ever is. Her argument was, uh, you know, why should we have to pay for things? And I was like, number one, you're not paying for anything because you're going back to Ireland. You ha- you're here on a pseudo student visa uh, that you're not using. Number two, we like roads and hospitals and schools and things that taxes pay for. I think that's Oh, no, curious. wait. You I said think- taxes? Oh, Texas. Oh, oh you said taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I totally thought you said taxes, and I got like fucking fuck her, snooty. Ah, I'm you, like, don't, I'm you, don't, you don't know. 
fuck that Irish bitch. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was oh, uh, taxes. Yeah, taxes. Oh, I'm okay with those. We have to have Marcus them. Yeah. from Texas, of course. I was gonna say probably maybe she doesn't. Maybe she. It was confusing to her because me. I think in advance over there, like all the government, like their wages are garnished in advance, majorly, Correct. right? So she doesn't see it come out of her paycheck. Maybe cool. I. I don't know. Maybe she does. There's I'm a big a, ignorant American. Well, there's a rich. big difference between the way oh, Europeans rich, are taxed and the way Americans are taxed. Well, and I think Americans lot. don't realize that as shitty as taxes are and our system is, like we pay way less. less. It's way worse in Europe. So they mm-hmm. and they look at us and like, why are you guys so crazy about this socialism thing? Like you guys have it pretty good. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but so it was you talked about taxes. You ate a pussy, <laughs> and, and then everyone had scrambled eggs. And then there was lots of scrambled <laughs> eggs and refried hot dogs. And oh whatnot. wow, that must taste great combined with like the remnants of pussy. Is that good? Is it? There was no. Did I'm it not, taste? You know what? I'm not. Did it taste not, like Cromwell's it, ghost? It uh, <laughs> it it tasted like potatoes and freedom. <laughs> <laughs> diddly 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 do. Oh look! Oh, purple horseshoes. Okay, now we have something else, by the way. <clears throat> this is from Hal. Hello, sexy Sarah. Thank you. And Mark. <laughs> and Mark. Come on, Hal. Get it together. Come on, Hal. Seriously. <laughs> I am a 33-year-old man, and my question is, I have never had an orgasm by a blowjob, and I was curious, is it because I'm not circumcised? No, it's not. No. I know that's so early 1900s, but my dad isn't, so he just, okay, this is all over the place. Okay, so Hal isn't circumcised, his father's not circumcised, he decided Hal isn't going to be, and Hal wrote, fucking prick, I'm married, and my wife has tried various ways to make me ejaculate. I've had several blowjobs through the years, and no one has ever came close, and after a while, it starts getting really sensitive. I'm honestly thinking about getting circumcised. No, don't do it, don't do it. But since I'm married and don't plan on having sex with another woman, I'm too worried about the risk. Is there another reason why, how I can ejaculate? By the way, I've listened to every episode, and it's hot when you say fucking and cock. Fucking and cock, fucking and cock, fucking and cock, fucking and cock, fucking and cock. Keep the podcasts coming, spelled C-U-M-M-I-N-G. Hal, thank you for writing. No, you, you're... The fact that you haven't been circumcised has um, has nothing to do with your ability to uh, come or not come from a blowjob. Marcus, your thoughts? Uh, man, exact same thing, Hal. I'm a uh, yeah, man. I'm in the exact same boat. There's only been one girl my uh, whole life that's been able to make me come, and she was able to do it on a regular basis. So I, n- I mean, see it's, episode it has see episode nine, right? Episode our, nine, eight? eight or nine. Something our like last that. episode, Marcus talks about this. At yeah, last. yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely talk about this. Um, shit, man. Uh, I really don't know what to tell you. I mean, I don't know if there's anything that he can do. I mean, there's just, you know, some girls can't come through uh, penetration. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I some guys can, and, and I have the same thing where it get after a while, like it gets really sensitive, and it's kind of like you get what I like to call tickle dick. <laughs> tickle dick. Yeah. Like, ah! Yeah. You just like okay, okay. That's that's good. That's fine. That's all right. Uh, and you know, I mean, it's just uh, maybe I think it's just something that he has to accept about himself. It's he, just like, yeah, yeah, that's just not gonna, it's just not gonna happen. I think he may have gotten so used. To, I, my guess is that he has gotten so used to coming from one way that um, that he has never been able to come from oral sex because yeah. oral sex generally provides less less friction um, and uh, certainly provides it's got less oomph say and also you're less in control it may be it may have to do with the fact that you're less in control when you're receiving pleasure in uh, that way I would I would say uh, he's thinking a lot about it yeah so every time it comes up it's gonna take on more significance absolutely and my suggestion would be to maybe be more playful maybe get into it. In other ways where you're not setting up a night where this is the night where I'm going to come from a blowjob. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, you're maybe playing a game and then it, things just progress and then it mm-hmm. happens. And then you see where it goes. So maybe try and put yourself in situations. Uh, he's married? Yes, he's uh, married. So maybe you and your wife should put yourselves uh, in 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 situations where you're just having a good time and having fun with each other and then it naturally progresses into other playful sexual activities where you're not putting that much pressure on yourselves. Mm. I would say have her also I would encourage you to use oral sex as a form of foreplay. So have her mouth on your dick and get into that. And then if you end up finishing other ways through a handy J or through the butt sex or through the VJJ sex or whatever, that's great. I mean if you're coming to me, that's awesome. There's so many people who can't come at all for one reason or another that um, I'm just I, I'm excited 
And this doesn't mean you should be complacent. But, um, you know, be happy with what you have and then strive for more. So be stoked that you are coming in some ways and enjoying yourself. And then do like what Benari said. I would encourage you to check out a site called babeland.com. They've got a lot of great articles on there and it's it's a sex toy website and they've got some neat toys and some cool DVDs. Um, so don't – like I would, there's a difference between striving and stressing. Yeah, <laughs> striving right. is like, oh, this would be great if this happened one day. I'm going to I'm gonna hope and make an effort to make it happen. Stressing is if this doesn't happen, why isn't this happening? Oh my god, why isn't that happening? Oh, what's wrong oh, with yeah. that? Yeah, I've got a lot of experience with that one. Do not – Get circumcised at this point in time. Don't do it. Yeah. It'll, don't do uh, it. Out. That's surgery that's on your dangle. Yeah. You're a grown up. You don't need that. Um, Very long recovery period uh, at this point in your life. In fact, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of jealous that the guy has a has, na- his, you foreskin. Know, has his foreskin. I mean, I, I'd much rather prefer or I'd much we prefer didn't, to have that. We didn't make that specific. We didn't say that. So Marcus is circumcised. So oh, God, and yeah. he has the same issue as you. So it's not that there's an Nothing example. To do it's with not the yeah, to do with whatsoever. your foreskin. So don't blame your dad. Don't blame your and dad. Don't blame <laughs> and don't blame your dick. Yeah. Don't do that to your little buddy. In fact, you should He's call your dad guy. and thank him because you have – you. sex feels better to you than it does to the uncircumcised man. Is that a myth I or think, is that actually true? A, well, there's no way to prove there's it. No way to there's prove no way to prove it. Benari and I had a fight about circumcision. Where we, did. we did. We had a fight <laughs> about it where I texted him and was like, I'm never circumcising my child because, of course, we're having babies, right? No. And But I just like started going apeshit about it. I'm like, this is not an appropriate the- conversation to have over text. And Benari was like, this is a gross – like I don't want to talk about this. You and guys I was fight like, we're talking about shit. it now. We fight over the dumbest shit. Really dumb. Really fucking <laughs> stupid shit. To the point of I really don't want to revisit it at this moment. OK. <laughs> we won't. Moments with us. But I'm we glad. We are fun. I am glad. No, I, I really think that this uh, the this uncircumcised gentleman should uh, should have a little more fun. And if he gets to a point where he feels like he's stressing, switch it up. Yeah. Just switch it up. Be like, all right, now your mother's on my dick. Now I'm going to go now eat you out for a little bit. Has yeah. she eaten the butt? Have you eaten the butt? Mm. Think about Play it. Play with it. Maybe like a little titty fucking. Hey! Lots of good things. Maybe even a 69. Because yeah, of the 69. That. I mean, come on. I mean, you got something to do. Absolutely. You know, you're not, you know, you're more focused on her than you are on yourself. So that might be uh, a good thing to do. And fuck, who doesn't love a good 69? It's one of my favorite things. It's a fantastic. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Well, here we go. Now let's get into – let's let's talk about this one. Now this girl is another Sarah, 17 from England. Woo! Another teenager. We're like the goddamn – Fucking Beatles in reverse <laughs> is what we are. That's, right. That's what That's we are. That's right. With less money, but yeah. If, if we ever go to uh, to England, I fully expect to have a throng I want, yeah. of teenagers just yelling and screaming right as we step off the plane. And I'll say – and they can explain A-levels to me because I don't just understand. British girls bursting into tears yeah, just for like unexplained sobbing. reasons. Yeah. British boys in little caps and short pants, no matter what age they are. Because it's still 1963. Correct. In Britain. It's a fact. Absolutely. They still have gas lamps. Okay. This is from British Sarah. Here's what British Sarah wants. We'll call her English Sarah because she's specifically from England. English Sarah says, I'm a virgin. The legal age is 16 in England, in case you didn't know, and I've only ever been with guys. However, I started watching porn last year, sometimes to aid as a masturbation tool, if you will. And I will, English Sarah. The problem is that I tried masturbating whilst watching straight porn. Oh, she used whilst. I love that word. But I didn't feel anything. I was having a look around and found myself watching lesbian porn, which I got really turned on by. Ever since then, whenever I've masturbated, I've been thinking of watching girls have sex. However, I don't physically feel attracted to girls. I'm most definitely attracted to guys. I have this weird thing for beards as well. They're fucking hot. See, I don't know if this makes me bi or not or whether I masturbate to women having sex because it mainly involves clitoral stimulation, which is what I mainly do. This girl is so smart. English Sarah, you're like so smart for your age. Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Also, English Sarah, you're turning on American Sarah. Just a little. Yeah, and American Marcus and American Bonari. Yeah. Everyone has boners. <laughs> or whether I'm – okay, I, I was wondering if you had any advice because I know Sarah's bi. How did you know? Does this sound like bisexual behavior? Behavior with a U. Oh, mm. to you. Love the show, by the way. It's fucking hilarious. Cheers, Sarah. Okay, English Sarah. So I think this is actually really normal. I've talked to so many women who identify as straight and who really are not interested in in having sex with a, a, a woman in real life who enjoy the fantasy of having sex with females. 
I think it's totally normal. I, I think girls are – I think we can all agree that girls are, are pretty and fun-looking and soft and they generally smell good. Ah. Yeah. And so why would you not want to, you know, fantasize about that? Um, also, I think that in our culture, women's bodies are so much more sexualized than men. So even if you're a girl who is interested in having sex with boys, you – when you're growing up, you see women portrayed as beautiful and seductive all the time in commercials and magazines and the movies, on television, everything. So I really do think that goes into our brains and we're programmed from a very early age to look at other women as sex objects. Yeah. And so I think it's I think it's totally normal, English Sarah. I think it's great. I, I think that the only time that you would need to worry about putting a label on yourself would be if you know if if you wanted that if you felt comfortable if you were filling out a census form maybe and i don't know if they ask in england like if do you eat box check yes or no um i think that i wouldn't restrict yourself so if you are fantasizing about girls like when i was growing up i was like oh my god am i a lesbian because my first um, masturbation tool was a Cabbage Patch doll. And uh, I used to be uh, very turned on by – I still am turned on by thinking about women. But I was and like – And Cabbage Patch dolls. And Cabbage Patch dolls. <laughs> uh, female Cabbage Patch dolls, please. And so I um, – I I guess I was really nervous about that. And it turns out that I'm not a lesbian. Like I've had sex with uh, a lady and enjoyed it wholeheartedly. You know, I did it a few times and enjoyed it every time. But I, I enjoy sex with men more. And so for me, if I say that I'm bi, what I really mean is that I'm like 65 to 80 percent straight depending on my mood, the time of the month, like who I'm with to, you know, whatever the other percentage is uh, lesbian. So I'm not really bi, but I just use that term because it's it's easy. But I suppose bi would be 50-50 and I'm certainly not that. You know, you're so young. You have time to experiment. I mean, geez, you know, I'm 30 and I'm still figuring shit out. You're 17. So um, I just wouldn't put a label on yourself and I would enjoy dating boys. And if you get the chance to kiss a pretty girl at a party and you want to, uh, and, you know, and you feel like that's the right thing to do, go for it. See if you like it. I mean, I've talked to plenty of girls who say, oh, my God, girls are so much better at kissing than boys. Um, but I would never want to have sex with a girl. I've talked to girls who are like, oh, I love having sex with girls, but I never want to date one. I've talked to girls who are like, I wish I could just have relationships with women and just have sex with men. Everybody is in a different place on the spectrum of sexuality. So English Sarah, I think you're completely normal and healthy and you also sound like really smart, really sexually literate for your age, which is awesome. And um, just, you know, keep rocking on. Absolutely. I, I agree. And uh, I, it's very natural. There, there are many straight women who love uh, lesbian porn. Love it. Love uh, it, love it. And that has, it has nothing – Absolutely, at all to do with sexual orientation. There's just so. First off, I mean, I I think straight porn can get kind of boring, and I think there are things that happen in lesbian porn that uh, cater to certain fantasies, and that's what the best fantasies do: is they they sort of uh, they they tickle you, they fancy you in a way, <laughs> they they fancy you in a way uh, that. Maybe you're not going to ever do that in reality, but it's a it's a it's a form of escapism, and it's a it's a way to get turned on by things you would never do in real yeah. life. But oh, look, I'm in this fantasy world, and and these are all these things uh, that that really help uh, as well. So I, I don't think it's weird at all. I don't think you have to worry about it. I think it's it's totally natural, and you'll you'll figure that out. But uh, lots of straight ladies and straight men love lesbian porn. Mm -hmm. It's very playful as well. It's a lot. It seems like lesbian porn is more innocent than straight porn. It can be, yeah. And also, lesbian por in lesbian porn, a woman is always being serviced and yeah. pleasured. That is not always the case in straight porn. No. And so that's part of the attraction, I think, for us is the idea of a woman having fun. And she's not being necessarily exploited by someone bigger and stronger than she is. She uh, she may be, but um, it, there's always a woman having a good time, yeah. in, or it appears to be in lesbian porn. And you don't always get that in straight porn. I want to mention, um, Benari and I, because of Car Trouble, missed a, a the premiere of a new uh, porno film mm. by my friend Jincy's uh, site. Um, Juice, Juice, Marcus, uh, it's got really big. We should have Jincy on the show. She's yeah, great. We should. Jincy yeah, Lumpkin. Yes, 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 she yes. runs a site called JuicyPinkBox.com. Yeah, go look it up. JuicyPinkBox.com. And they have, they make really great stuff. It's very woman positive. And it's, it's, we could call it feminist, but it's fun and the chicks are still hot. That sounds awful. But a lot of times, so wow. pe <laughs> people who are like, I'm doing porn with a mission. I want to show all kinds of girls in porn. That's great. But if they're 
ugly, I don't give a shit. You know, I'm not watching porn to see like ugly people. So Juicy Pink Box does great porn that still has attractive people who can appeal to folks with all kinds of desires and fetishes. So that's awesome. And they, they try to do decent production values and all that jazz on, on a very small budget. And, um, Jincy is pr- doing some of the programming for this huge lesbian party for New York Pride that I'm going to be performing at. Um, mm. So I'll tell you more about that as it as it comes up. But it's going to be like a thousand like lesbians in June at a dance party with comedy interspersed throughout. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. That's what I'll be Fantastic. doing in June, which I'm pretty excited about. And I don't I don't think there's anything hotter uh, than a woman coming. No. And I think that uh, yeah, and I and I think that lesbian porn, especially that that becomes your money shot. Yeah, uh, and so there's a lot more of that. Well, earlier today, you know, I actually was watching. Uh, you know, I like to start my day off with a little uh, little, start it. little tug. Start it right. <laughs> you got to start it right. <laughs> well, but yeah, a little little tug, little pull. And uh, yeah, started off today. Like there was a scene where this uh, it was uh, straight porn, and there was this girl that just like came so hard, and it was so amazing. And there was a nice squirt too. Is that I just kept rewinding it and like <laughs> watching that one part over and over again. It was fantastic. Oh, I have to say, and I have to say, a few years ago, I really, I, I, I suddenly got the uh, the subgenre of the squirting porn. Oh, it's because, so great! Because it was it's a physical reaction. You can actually witness it happening, mm-hmm. and there's something. So hot, and you can't fake that. You can't fake it. So you're actually seeing that physical reaction. Well, you know she's having a good time, and then also she's <laughs> you know orgasming, and she's coming, and she's she's doing all the porn things of ah, and then and then there's a oh, it's just it's amazing. Squirting is so weird because sometimes I think that I'm peeing when it's happening, and this is something that's addressed in the vagina monologues. They do this. This girl talks about having the flood, where she's the, some guy is like fingering her or whatever, and she just suddenly floods his car, and he thinks she peed, and she thinks she peed. It's such a weird. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when someone a woman does you know squirts, um, and squirting porn is is pretty popular right now. Mm. Um, that that it's not urine, but it travels through the urethra, which is really interesting. But it's not urine; it's something else entirely. And so scientists are sort of befuddled as to what the – from an evolutionary perspective, what's the point? What does it do? Because it's it's not carrying. It's not carrying like ova with it, you know. It's not in in the way that the um, when you guys ejaculate that you've got sperm swimming and suspended in this liquid that helps it get to where it's going. So it's a really interesting thing that happens when the G spot is stimulated. Um, like, why is that? It's, it's a mystery. It's just making awesome. It's just fun. It's, it's just a sweet manu- deal. It's manufacturing awesome. <laughs> you know, whenever I get into a conversation about science and scientists and like all the things that we still don't know about mm-hmm. the universe. I always bring up squirting. Like, that's the first thing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> space, the second final frontier. But first, we must master the art of squirting. Yeah. <laughs> Let's figure out the vagina first, and then we'll work then we'll on everything else. Well, this is from uh, a man who wants to be described as Neville Longbottom, <laughs> which is lovely. <laughs> Neville Longbottom writes to us. He says, I recently began dating a girl who I met on OKCupid.com. We've gone out four times. She's really smart, cool, kind, and pretty. I really like her. Things are going well. Since my last email, we've had sex, and it was great. However, I have a problem. I wasn't exactly 100% honest on my OkCupid profile, particularly when I answered the do you smoke cigarettes question as never, and kind of more importantly, when I answered the how often do you smoke marijuana question as never. The matter of fact is I lied my face off on both questions. I am a social cigarette smoker and am a frequent imbiber of the green blossom that McGruff the crime dog told me was worse than the aforementioned tobacco and the oft-abused alcohol. How big of a mistake did I make? I would quit smoking cigarettes for this girl. Truth be told, I don't smoke cigarettes because we have hang out. Well, that's or before before we hang out. Okay. I know, I know I'm being deceitful. Pot is something I've smoked for years now and really enjoy doing and I don't see anything wrong with this. Granted, I do see a problem with me lying. You're both very funny and talented, obviously. <laughs> we are. And America needs more entertainers like you two. Duh! Yeah. It is very refreshing and extraordinarily brave to hear you two talk so candidly about mental illness and sexuality the way you do. Kudos. Well, we're both crazy and we like to fuck. So that's basically <laughs> the point of the show. I love how he uh, put mental illness first. Yeah, he's like, crazy bitches, crazy bottoms. Uh, Neville Longbottom. Incidentally, Neville Longbottom, uh, uh, alum of Ithaca College. Uh, oh, so shout out to them. And uh, I was supposed to perform there and I wasn't able to and I hope to reschedule soon. All right. So how much of a douche is he for not – you know what? I think it's I, – I honestly – I think it's fine that he lied about that stuff. My concern is, does is this female going to be upset about it? Mm. 
Now, I think the smoking, the social smoking, I think that's totally fine. Yeah, whatever. Like, that, a lot of people do that. That's it's not whatever. good for you, but whatever. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's but not a big deal. It's no, not a big deal. That's not a big deal at all. Uh, the pot smoking, though, uh, she definitely has to know about it. Like, definitely got to tell her that it's like, hey, you know, I kind of uh, did this thing. And that's the thing. He, he has him. He has no choice. Yeah, like yeah, whether so. whether she is, he either the only choices he has is to uh, tell her or stop smoking pot altogether and just say like yeah you know I used to smoke pot I used to smoke cigarettes uh, but really I mean it sounds like this guy you know really sounds really like he wakes and smoke. bakes and he needs to be honest about that yeah I mean sounds like he really digs smoking sounds like it's a a part of his life which you know of course. I think if if it was like if you said that you know we didn't like I don't drink and you're a raging alcoholic that's one thing but I think with pot it's a completely different animal uh, and yeah you're just gonna have to tell her yeah like that, that's it it's so like hey I, I kind of fucked up uh, you know I was afraid that if I said that I smoke pot or even say something like you know I you know I didn't want to risk any that being out there on the internet. She might e- – and she might even um, be relieved. She might go, oh, I smoke weed once in a while too. I just yeah. didn't want to say anything because you were so against it or you said <laughs> never. I think he needs to be honest with her about it and then he can move on from there. If if he likes her enough to quit smoking weed, then quit smoking weed. If he doesn't, then keep smoking weed and you know lose out on a very nice girl. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think the easiest way to get into it is just to have that conversation where you talk about how much you dig her mm-hmm. and then because you want to be honest, I got to let you know, I smoke pot. She'll be relieved that that's what you have yeah. to be honest about. And it's not herpes. <laughs> it's not herpes. <laughs> now, if it is herpes, you got to tell her about that too. Yeah. <laughs> now, do we have time for one more? Oh, absolutely. We have time for two more. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. So we are – what are we going to name this guy? He needs a name. Um, we are going to name him James. And he will know who he is when I begin to read. Ah, uh, so James is from Cal- Riverside, California, and he's listened to our podcast a bunch. And uh, first things first, I have started watching Doctor Who because of the conversation you and Marcus had. Vincent Van Gogh, which they call it, Golf. Vincent Golf. Van Gogh, which makes <laughs> sense, actually. Vincent Van Gogh. I haven't yet seen that episode because I can't do things out of order, but I've just seen the Dickens episode and it made me smile. Oh, the Dickens and the death and the thing. And that was a good episode. It was fun. Now to the sex. I'm a black man and I have conflicts with my family at every family gathering. My mother never raised me in a predominantly black area, so I've always been the serious minority. Okay, so James has always been the token black kid. I like to describe it as being the speck in milk after you dip your Oreo in it. (laughs) Needless to say, I've dated and been attracted to many girls outside my own race and that has caused me to be lectured many times. Not to say – I assume by his family. Not to say that I don't like black girls. I just don't feel as if it's the only option available to me. FYI, I've been on a serious Asian kick. Yeah, you and every other guy. (laughs) I swear they get cuter every day. And that's an example of – of how, uh, like, particular we grow up in in Western society with Asian women portrayed as um, as sex objects. And uh, Edward Said wrote a fantastic book called Orientalism, which everyone should read. And um, and and of course, there's been a lot of more stuff about that. Go to if you look at the site Discretion, it's really great. We are raised to regard Asian women as he he oh like timid, timid accommodating. Um, sex machines. And sometimes they are and sometimes they're not because Asian girls are just like all other girls. And yes. Margaret Cho does some great stuff about this too. So um, so that's the Asian thing. Um, so that's where that comes from. Whereas we're, we're, we're raised to regard like Jewish women, for example, as like obnoxious and overbearing. That's a stereotype that we get, at least in the United States. Some of them are, some of them aren't because, you know, some stereotypes are, they're, all stereotypes are true and false all at once, I feel. Okay, that's my kick on how we are uh, objectified women of many cultures of many cultures yeah. you know black women are smart and sassy and obnoxious um oh god who else can we go through what are some other stereotypes i don't know native latin, american la- women or like pocahontas <laughs> latin women are fiery <laughs> are and- fiery and they will cut you like you know <laughs> so here we go um my question about that is even with this generation of free-thinking people, the race line still seems to be clear. Do you think there's any reason to stay inside one's race while dating and looking for a life mate? I know you have gone outside of yours, but did you ever imagine marrying one of them? I think that's directed to you because I feel like we've talked about one of Asian yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I feel that, that whatever makes me happy is the one I am going to be with. Uh, gosh, I would say whoever makes you happy for sure, but we need to live in the real world and – you know, if 
some people's family opinions are more important to them than others. I was talking to an ex of mine who said, you know, I don't really care if my mom likes who I date or not. Mm-hmm. And to me, even though my mom and I don't get along sometimes, we get along great other times, you know, we have an ever-evolving adult relationship as we sort of learn what place we have in each other's lives at this point. She's 54, I'm 30, and we've known each other since she was 24, and our relationship has changed a lot over the years. I cannot picture myself being with someone who my mom didn't like. My mom likes has liked pretty much everybody I've ever dated unless – except for a few when they did something like really nasty. But generally that her attitude is like humans are humans and whatever. My father the same way. But this ex of mine was like, oh, I don't really give a shit and he doesn't and that was odd to me. I think, James, it depends on what kind of relationship you, you want with your family, what kind of relationship you want with your spouse. I – I would not rule anybody out. I think it's great that you date people from a wide variety of of races and cultures. But I would never tell you uh, make an effort to settle down with an Asian girl or a white girl just to piss off your black family. Nor would I say make an effort to be with a black girl to make your black family happy because at the end of the day, all your your mom is going to die. Sorry, it's true. So is your dad and so are all the other people in your family, the older people who disdain or approve of what you do. And when you're 80 laying, you know, on your deathbed with the person you love next to you, it better be somebody that you genuinely fucking love and chose to please yourself, not to please your relatives. Marcus, your thoughts? Oh, I agree. And here's what I'm going to say about the people. Like, say your family does not approve of, say, a white or Asian or Hispanic girl uh, that you're dating or maybe even thinking about marrying just based on the fact that she is not black. Uh, You have to make sure that this girl, once they get to know her and once they get past that, because they're going to have to eventually, you know, if you're planning on having kids or anything like that, make sure that once they get past the race stuff that they're going to love her still. Because yeah. you have she needs to be, be a good person. She has that. to. Be, she has to be a, a good. She has to be a good fit, you know. Or she has because family. I don't. Know, for me personally, family is one of the most important things. I have a very close, very tight knit family. And even though, like, none of them, like, I think maybe it might be a little. Well, actually, no. It wasn't even weird at all because for three years, like, my girlfriend was. Uh, she wasn't full Asian. But she was but, mixed. Yeah, she was mixed. She was. Uh, she was part Asian. And they were totally cool with that. It was, you know, maybe a little weird at first for them to just have to kind of, you know, get used because I come from a very white area, and all the people that you know my brothers dated or are married to were white. So it kind of they had to get used to it for a little bit just because it was different. Uh, but the girl that you're with, just know, like, know that whenever your family gets to know her, and whenever. They are accepting of her race and they get past that, that she's going to be a wonderful addition to the family where Mm -hmm. they're going to say like – where, you know, they might even apologize to you like, you know, or apologize to her. The bottom line is uh, if you love her and she loves you, that's what people around you, not just your family but anyone who cares about you. Uh, they're going to react most to that. They're going to see it. They're going to see it. So it has to be uh, someone who cares about you and that you care about. Uh, the only thing I would add to that, as as Marcus was sort of pointing out, uh, you don't, you shouldn't do it just because they're a certain genre of lady. Yeah, uh, that's a really important point. And I think the fact that you uh, that you, that you're worried about this issue might might mean that you're thinking too much about it, mm-hmm. and that you might uh, be looking for people who are outside of uh, your. Race, or looking, uh, or you're looking at at girls who uh, might piss off your family. Maybe either on purpose or subconsciously, you're doing it, uh, and because you're thinking about it a lot. He's 21, also. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was, so he's I was in a very ask. rebellious phase. So, so you need to also look at that. You, what you need to do is find someone who, as Sarah said, makes you happy. That you're happy being with. That you're comfortable being with. Uh, and you know, to to kind of paraphrase Chris Rock, uh, you know, if you're a crackhead, she's got to be a crackhead. <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta have stuff in common. You yeah. gotta be of the same ilk. Doesn't matter what you look like or or, or what your backgrounds are. You gotta have common interests, and you gotta mm-hmm. be similar people, and you gotta make each other happy and love each other. I think that's a great point. I mean, at at the end of the day, you cannot change your family's prejudices, and 
there is a good chance that no matter who you choose, they will find something wrong with her. Yeah. Or they will think she is right. not good enough for you, especially if you're the only boy or you're the, the oldest boy or you're the youngest boy or you're the middle boy or whatever. It doesn't even matter. There will be some reason. So you need to pick someone who like – if the shit goes down and you are stuck at a jam and you need someone to help you out, is she going to be there for you? And like that's – I don't know. You're in an interesting place in your life, James, because where you're at developmentally, you're still in adolescence. Like our culture has extended adolescence for a long time. <laughs> Sometimes I do things that are still adolescent. Uh, I think that a lot of us do. And so you're still in a place where you're forming your own identity. I would worry a lot less about what your family has to say about the race of a girl. And as we have all said, concern yourself more with what kind of person she is. The standard should really be uh, when the world ends, who do you want standing by your side? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's it. Yeah, uh, and when you, Ice Nine has taken over and yeah. you have to touch the ground, like who do you want to fucking freeze with you? And so yeah, so as you're watching the world burn, you know who who are you going to be clinging to? And uh, if your family loves you and cares about you, they're they're going to love her too, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she may have something. I mean, she may have to prove herself, which is sucks, but. Yeah, it sucks for her. Yeah, it sucks for her. But if she loves you, then she'll do it. She'll deal with it. Absolutely. Oh, now we have – okay, we have one more. Uh, So this is from Daniel. Daniel says, hello, having listened since the beginning – I am going to try and do an English accent because our listeners always freak out about it. Oh, thank you. I was hoping you would. I've been steady. I'm going to do the not the one where they sound – where they can't pronounce their teeth. Where they're urchins. Where they're like, Thanks. I also want to point out that Sarah thinks every single Doctor Who sounds like John Oliver, even though they sound vastly different. No, they don't sound like him. No, John looks like um, fucking David, David Tennant. Tennant. And John Oliver looks like my friend John Darniel, who who uh, is, is in the Mountain Goats. He's the lead singer of the band The Mountain Goats. And I was saying this to John Darniel. I was like, John, we were out to eat. And I was like, John, you look like John Oliver. Do people tell you that? And he was like, oh, my God. And he took out his phone and he had a picture of them standing next to each other because they're just like, you know, cute boys with fun hair and glasses and they wear suits a lot. But yeah, I I think that I think that David Tennant looks like John. Hey, does does uh does John Darnielle listen to the show? He should. He I should. can send it to him. He should. And uh, if you do, if uh, he if should you, come if on the you show. are listening, uh, John mm-hmm. Lubbock, Texas, still loves you. Oh yeah. He used to play. He used to play in Lubbock uh, all the time, and he said it was one of his favorite places in the entire world to play. You know, we should do our show too. We should. Who's also in the Mountain Goats, and he's also in the band Super Chunk. John Worcester should do our show. You see the uh, the bassist. Uh, he's the drummer. He's the drummer. He okay. plays the drums, and he is. He does. Um, he does the best show with John on WFMU with with Sharpling. Oh! Yes, he's Sharpling's yeah. partner. Oh, he should okay. do. He should do our show and talk about sex. Um, we've just got so many people who should be on the show. And if you think that um, we're awesome and you want to tell someone that they should be on our show, feel free to tweet at us and at that person. So at Sarah J. Benincasa, at Mark Sparks. Okay, or at Benari Lee. Ha- so tell Daniel your says, mm-hmm. having listened since the beginning, I feel compelled to suggest that not all of us British types are teenagers. I myself am an English listener who has somehow reached his 30s, although I am admittedly in total denial about having accomplished such an utterly anticlimactic milestone. I believe I even saw some pensioners the other day. Pensioners? Pensioners? The other day. So I'm fairly certain there is, in fact, some kind of life after 20 to be found on this unwaveringly soggy set of islands. I have no particular query for you at this point in time, although I can very strongly empathize with an S with Marcus's overindulgence desensitization issue. I'm not sure how I haven't worn the poor thing down to a nub with the amount of manual interrogation <laughs> it's been put through over the last two and a half decades. I love you so much. For me, it's not so much that sensation has been lost, so much as, it, as that very little can compare to the intimate knowledge and precise accuracy built up by years of dedicated, thorough, first-hand research, a problem I suspect can't be exclusive to men. <laughs> Unfortunately, like your fine friend Mr. Parks, I can confirm that nothing short of weight Waking up one day to find both my arms missing is going to put a stop to that. And then I'd probably develop back strain in a desperate attempt to find a viable alternative. Maybe a large part of that is being perpetually incurably single, though I'm aware that there are many things contributing to that particular problem, complete lack of confidence being the primary offender, and pretty much all of those issues can be issues, can ultimately, all right, I'm going to do the, like, fucking chav accent, can ultimately only be resolved by me and myself, so I'm not really looking for advice on that, but have 
Finding an alternative outlet would potentially make me far less reliant and insistent on taking matters into my own hands. It's a vicious cycle, I guess. The more I grind away at it, the less likely I am to break the habit and replace it with the real deal. God, I'm having a problem with my meat and potatoes. Anyway, just wanted to say, keep up the good work, and to chime in with the crowd who was moved by both of you for going where you did with a Doctor Who episode. I'd already gotten to like the both of you, but you both earned a metric ton, T-O-N-N-E, of respect for that. Thanks and stuff, Dan, a post-teens Brit. I, I wish that that letter had ended with, but don't worry about me, I can't die. Because I'm an idea, and ideas <laughs> are bulletproof. <laughs> I'm the doctor. <laughs> I love you, Dan. We love fun- you. That was phenomenal. I don't okay. know. That was I don't beautiful. know that anyone could give him advice since he seems He's to have the situation well in hand. Yeah, this, is a, this is a self-aware man that knows what's going on. And uh, you know what? Uh, you know what I'd. Uh, what I'd suggest to you, Dan, you're a hell of a writer. Write some love letters to some ladies. Yeah. That is, a, he is a start a Tumblr, man. You are charming <laughs> as all. <laughs> start a Tumblr, the hipster solution. Yes, start, start, start a Tumblr. You know, the nub, whatever you want, man. <laughs> yeah, you're a really good writer. You're yeah. really funny. You should, yeah, you should be a writer. We full on, yeah. You, the way to any lady's heart is. I mean, your your writing. I have fallen in love with guys based on their writing. Well, guy once. So you should. Any else do cute, cute MySpace pictures. But you should, yeah. Write, write, and write, and write. Girls love dudes who are funny and smart, and you're obviously funny and smart. So yeah, you need to start a blog. <laughs> that's that's her that's her advice. <laughs> also, like, what are the cool dating sites over there? You know, if there is there a cool, fun dating site for kind of like interesting, weird people? Help us out, Brits. Yeah. What are the awesome dating sites uh, abroad? Mm-hmm. What, what are the overseas dating sites? Because I feel like uh, I feel like profile. your listeners need to start meeting each other. Yep. There yeah. could be sex and other human activity meetups. Meetups. Oh. Right. Meetups. Ah, shit. Absolutely. Right. And I, I, I think I think I know your listeners at this point. But you know, Warren Ellis, he had a he had a pretty awesome board going for a while where they he would connect people with other people, and mm. it created this whole geek community. Ooh. And then after that went away, they still stayed in touch with each other. You know, when you have a shared interest like a show like this and, and you obviously – I feel like the show probably attracts more creative-minded smart people, uh, smart yeah, people, yeah, smart uh, people who also show. like to do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, start start looking for other people who share that interest and connect with those people. Uh, you, you know, with the internet now in today's day and age, it's a lot easier to find people with similar interests to you. Mm-hmm. Just start talking to those people. You know, and and strike up a conversation online with them, and then see where it goes. Yeah, and uh, we might also be doing a live show here at the Creek in the Cave sometime soon. Yes, I would love. To. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, I was just like organizing our our um our listener email so that I know which ones to do next time. It's a thing I could easily do after we end recording, but I decided to just do it now. I'm like, okay, we talked to him to and the, him, him To the listeners, it just sounded like Sarah was completely taken by surprise by that notion. And <laughs> I was like, completely what? A live show, Marcus. Yeah, let's do We a said live we would show. discuss this. <laughs> let's do a li- You want to do it in June? Do you want to do a live show in June? Mm, June, yeah, sounds all let's right. Let's do a live show in June. Plus, I'm looking we're for also things gonna to be, do. Do we, have Skype, do we have Skype capability? Quite possibly. I mean, we we'll, ha- we'll have to talk happen. about this. We'll have to keep uh, – I think we could probably maybe do that. We're also going to be having a big party here in uh, sometime in May uh, for the launch of Cave Comedy Radio Podcast Network. Oh, pretty sweet. Sex and other human activities will be a part of. So Yay! I'll definitely let – I will let every single person know uh, on this show. You can show up and celebrate the beginning of a new era in podcasting. Great. So there will be a party in May here at the Creek in the Cave. We should say creeklic.com, a wonderful place in Long Island City, Queens, where uh, you can come and hang out and have amazing food and kick-ass drink specials and all those things and see great live comedy. And then in June, we'll do our live version. And maybe we'll do like audience questions if people are brave enough to oh, ask. definitely. That'd be super fun. We that could probably get fun. two shows out of that. You probably that would could. be fun. Totes my goats. I hope uh, your listeners don't uh, hate me for being your sex provider. 
Oh, no, they'll hate you for being in the army. Okay. <laughs> as long as it's for the right reasons. Yes. As long as it's for the correct reasons. I should add that before you go that uh, Benari is going to soon be embarking on his third deployment Indeed. since 2002. Indeed. Uh, yes. Since yep. 2002, his third deployment um, uh, with the army. And this time he's in the most beautiful of places because he was already at, at Guantanamo Bay and, and in Baghdad. And so now he's going to be in Afghanistan. Because it's the hat trick. It's the hat trick. It's the trifecta of fun. <laughs> so um, also, if anyone has suggestions for really great sex toys that I should buy for myself. Please. Uh, Sarah and I Let have discussed Sarah and I have discussed this. We're we're gonna I think we're gonna stretch uh, Skype capabilities mm-hmm. to the fullest extent. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. everything like that. And also but- I need to fuck myself on the regs and like I get real ornery and pissed off when I'm not getting fucked. So I'm gonna join a yoga studio and I'm gonna need to fuck myself a lot with sex toys. So um if if you have suggestions to do with fucking yourself with sex toys or if uh, if you have dealt with a uh, someone uh, far, far away in a long-distance relationship, particularly if it's military-related, uh, I could use some advice on that, and I will read it over the air, and we can talk about that. Again, Sarah at SarahBenningasa.com. It's true. I, I think I'll miss the squirting in person the most. I will miss... That's, I <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Fuck, we got to end this shit. I, I know this is, this is fucking... This is off-air conversation. It's totally off-air conversation. I can't believe you said that. You're always... The, oh, my God. That's the craziest thing Bernari has ever, ever. said. I, 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 I really something. hope that none of your family. Yeah, or I'm gonna my send this to your to mom. This. Be sure to like. To, well, be sure to listen she to the end. Won't know how to open it. Good, good, <laughs> good. Twitter.com slash Benari Lee for more on squirting. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa for more on my shock that he said that and my delight, really. Twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. Marcus has literally turned on a, a shiny toy that I gave him in order to go to a happy place. He, he totally went to his happy place. <laughs> I went to a happy place. And by he, the way, if you uh, follow me on Twitter, I produce, I think, yes. I produce uh, at least six or seven other podcasts uh, of the widest variety. We do a show about horror. We do a show about sports. We do a show about the news. We do a show that's just people being offensive for no good reason. If you like to listen to things, they got something awesome for you to listen to. And we definitely, and we've got a nerd show. What's the title of your horror show? I love it. That would be Last Podcast on the Left. Nice. Isn't that that a is great title? me, me, ben, a comedian Ben Kissel and Henry Zabrowski of uh, Murder Fist, and will also one day probably be one of the most famous comedians in the world so you can come on in and check these guys out early uh it's uh yeah and ben kissel probably going to be one of the biggest radio show hosts in the world heir apparent to howard stern i think mm. uh but if he does his taxes <laughs> if he does his taxes because he is a if he ri- doesn't end up in debtors jail. he is a yeah. ridiculous yep. man yes but i love him and tall a tall <laughs> drink of water very tall wisconsin painful to look at for me because i am a, a short <laughs> a delightful human being however yeah so um thanks for hanging out with us and have a fabulous week and tell your friends about sex and other human activities uh, if you could post links to us and stuff uh, give us uh give us some nice reviews on the itunes it helps us get featured and, and thanks for listening guys bye You're right.